0: Hey, glad you can make it, and welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking, now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us. We're that HR dashboard company that's helping you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. We know that when you're looking to pull all your data together to get a comprehensive and data-driven view of your workforce, you're typically pulling all these spreadsheets from all these different systems, your HRIS, ATS, engagement system, performance. Who knows? You might have 10 systems you're pulling data from and it's driving you crazy. That's why we created your very own HR analytics dashboard with pre-built integrations to the most popular systems you're all using. Systems like ADP, Bamboo HR, Namely, Zenefits, Velocity, Greenhouse, Lever, 15, 5, Lattice. Too many for me to say without losing my breath. All you need to do is connect all your systems to Employee Cycle. We pull in all your data so you can view, share, track, and analyze all that data from one unified view. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out, get a demo. would love to explore how we can partner to become your HR dashboard solution. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have a great guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Amy Yin. She's the CEO of Office Together. And today we're going to discuss how to create a hybrid workforce culture. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Amy! <laughs>
1: What's up? Oh, man, what a welcome. Thanks, Bruce. I'm so excited to be here to talk about my favorite topic.
0: Awesome. And so, Amy, we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how. And that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR?
1: Well, you know, I am a person. So technology about people is kind of a natural extension of that. Um, I'm just kidding. I, so I was an engineer at Coinbase and Coinbase made a big decision to pivot their office culture. And uh, Coinbase was like, Hey, we're actually going remote first and you never have to be in an office again. And this sounds like a shockwave through my system because I personally love being in the office. And then during the pandemic, I found out that I love being in my bedroom all the time. Um, and then uh, moving into this new world of, part-time in the office, part-time remote, seemed like the best of both worlds. But I knew that if companies wanted to do it really well, there had to be amazing technology and tools around it. And so my skill set is around making really great products live, living in software. And so that's where I've been turning my attention to for the last year, is building software to enable the future of how we want to work, which is hybrid, flexible, and part-time, but still with elements of in-person in it.
0: Awesome and welcome to the wonderful world of HR. So glad to have you here. Absolutely. So, Amy, today we're talking about creating a hybrid workforce culture. And before we talk about how to create it and how to optimize it, I want to first ask you: what is a hybrid workforce culture? How do you know when you see it? Is it just having a hybrid and remote workforce? Is that is that it? Or is there actually a culture around? how this needs to work?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked, Bruce, because hybrid means a whole lot of things to a whole lot of folks. And there's a pretty wide spectrum in between. So on the extreme ends, you have folks like Coinbase, Brex, Dropbox, who are going remote first or virtual first. And for them, that means that there is no expectation of being in the office ever. They'll have offices. You can go into them if you're in the right city, but you don't need to be in them. And then you have companies who are flexible and they want to make hybrid work, but they do have still some expectations of being in the office. So those are companies that use Office Together platform like a Tide, and ThoughtSpot, MyHeritage. For them, they've invested a lot of money in creating a beautiful space for people to meet up. They want folks to enjoy in-person time, but they want in-person time on um, a reduced schedule. So they might see folks in the office once or twice a week, once or twice a month. And there are, a lot of them are pushing that decision down to the managers to figure that out. And then you have folks who are on the other side. they are still hybrid, but they're very much just more, with more like a reduced office schedule than it is full hybrid. So one of our customers, they're um, a billion-dollar company called Modern Health. Their office strategy is you have to come into the office Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then Mondays and one day, Wednesdays, or Mondays and Fridays are flex days. But beyond that, you can also work remotely for two months per year. So this is a big departure from being in the office four to five days a week. And everyone is calling that hybrid. like You have an office, but you're not required to be in the office five days a week.
0: That's pretty interesting, and so one of the things that seems to be happening is that people are actually going for the office, but not necessarily because they believe that they can actually get more work done or that they'll be more productive, but that they just want to be around people. And maybe they're either single or they live by themselves, or they go, or they want to get away from their from their kids, which I hear a lot. Or they just want to see the people that they work with because those are some of the closest people and their friends that they're around. And it's not necessarily about doing better work or trying to get more done in an office setting, but really about how can I see the people that I like to work with? Is that what you're seeing for a lot of companies? Or do you see a lot of people talking about going back to the office because that's where they're the most productive?
1: You nailed it, Bruce. You're you're speaking our pitch. People are not going back to the office because that's necessarily where they're trying to get work done. They're going back to the office to collaborate, to socialize, to see key folks with a lot of parents. Some parents want to come in to get away from their kids. Maybe their nanny isn't full time. And then with younger people, you see a trend of people in their early 20s, mid 20s, They rely on coming into the office to form some of their really early social circles, especially if they're new to a city, they're just postgraduate, And then you have some folks who like to be in the office because they might not have great living situations at home, like maybe a really small New York apartment. By and large, though, offices originally were based off of the concept of a factory. Uh, A factory was a place where you had your equipment and your machines, and you had an assembly line, and you clocked in and out. And then, when, as we evolved to more office work, you had to be in the office so you could use the printer or to push paper around and like move physical objects. But in the last decade, we've moved increasingly to the cloud, but there hadn't been an update into like the factory for knowledge workers, what we call the office, until the pandemic hit. And the pandemic has forced us all to realize that the concept of an office is very much abstract. An office can be your bedroom, your kitchen table, or a place that is commercially zoned as an office. But we're finding more and more that a large number of Americans don't even need to come in to work. And it's even crazy because I talk to facilities managers, like folks who are in charge of a building, who are increasingly working remotely even to get facilities work done.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. So to make this as actionable as possible for our audience, which is primarily HR and people leaders, The first question I want to ask is if I'm thinking about pulling together this hybrid workforce, what are some of the things that I should be thinking about to make sure that as we build this hybrid culture, we're headed in the right direction and I'm avoiding potential blind spots?
1: Well, I would say the number one thing is to create clear expectations around what hybrid means for your company. Fun fact is 68% of companies have not defined their hybrid strategy. And so a lot of folks are going into Q3, Q4 with a bit of office anxiety because they don't know what it's like to move from a fully remote world to hybrid. So defining a strategy, and a lot of that is coming from surveys and talking to employees and leadership. I think that's where a a company Product like Employee Cycle could be really helpful because I know Employee Cycle allows you to get a pulse of what employees care about across the organization. Um, what we're finding is that a lot, most people, when surveyed, want to come to the office less than three times a week, right? About 70% of knowledge group workers want a combination of remote and in-person office work. Um, the second thing is once you've defined a strategy, make sure that you're continuing to track and monitor success. One of the reasons that companies want a product like Office Together is so that they can start tracking who's going into the office when, so that when it comes time to performance review, they can see how ratings and performance is ranked across folks who are fully in the office, fully remote, or in between to see if in-office attendance affects ability to get your job done or perceived ability to get your job done. So it all comes back to the data.
0: Got it. You know, as I talk to different people about going back to the office and thinking about what hybrid means to them, it was pretty funny when some of the people, well, it's really not funny, but I, I think it's pretty funny when some of my friends have told me that they went back to work and to your point, setting the expectations of what hybrid means, they went back to the office and during the, the darkest times of the pandemic, they were being told that, It was only going to be one or two days in the office. But then when they got there, it was bait and switch. And it was, oh, now you're in the office. And so we might as well keep you here. And then some of those people that I know even left the company. So I'm curious, for companies that are thinking about creating these hybrid workforce settings, is it possible for them to have that flexibility to be able to change, since it seems as though a lot of companies are trying to build a plane while they fly it? Or... Should they really just say, hey, this is what we're going to do and stick with it? Otherwise, they're going to lose the trust of their employees.
1: Well, uh, I was just talking to an HR leader right before this of a thousand person company, and they are not mandating any days in the office because they're seeing from their peers that companies that mandate office attendance are seeing worse attrition than those allowing for more flexible schedules. With the war for talent being as great as it is, uh, most companies cannot afford to lose folks because they want to have such a large in person element that's not flexible. For the folks who are getting baited bait and switched, I would say that it's classic to see that because there is an inherent divide between management and the executive level and everyone else. So studies show that executives, I mean, a strong majority of executives, want to see people back in the office five days a week because they believe that their employees will be more productive if they're in the office five days a week. Where you see the reverse statistic for actual employees, where they believe they're most productive when given flexibility and being able to work when and where on their own schedule. And so it's pretty natural to assume that leadership is going to put more pressure on employees than employees would naturally want to have uh, because there is this element, like this lack of trust element, for employees who are being forced to be in the office, I would tell them, hey, the economy is booming right now, and uh, labor, like talent is in high demand. You have choice. You don't have to stay at a company that is forcing you to be in the office when you don't want to be.
0: Got it. All right. So now, yeah. as we're going through this continuum of creating the best hybrid workforce culture possible, you've now helped HR leaders understand one of the first things that they need to do, which is set realistic expectations for their employees of what this looks like. So then after they do that and they realize, all right, is it going to be two days in the office or it's going to be no mandatory days like you were talking about, what do you believe is the next step to making sure that you're building towards a culture of this great hybrid workforce? Should you be doing a survey to assess where people are? What are they thinking? Is it more about making sure that People who come to the office versus don't come to the office have what people are calling this an in- inclusive experience or equitable experience where people who don't show up to the office are not seen as less engaged. How do you how do you do something or create an experience as a catch-all for all these things to make sure you're still having a great hybrid culture?
1: Yeah, I would say that there's a few elements of it. It's yes, what you'd mentioned, surveying, cutting the data, understanding how Office attendance correlates or does not correlate with performance or perceived output. But then another big part of it is manager training. So now uh, HR leaders have been scrambling, teaching managers how to be effective in a fully remote environment. There's this next generation of training of how you enable managers to effectively uh, utilize people, deploy teams that are hybrid. And that's going to be pretty tricky because now you're asking managers to move from a world where at first everyone came to the office every day, and then for the last year and a half, no one was in the office. And now for the foreseeable future, maybe some of your team is the office. Some of them only come in some days a week, and some of them never come in. And so managers have to learn how to watch out for their own biases. Are they more likely to chatter about a meeting once the video camera is turned off because someone's in person? Are they more likely to grab spontaneous lunch or have a water cooler conversation because of proximity? There are a lot of studies that show that proximity does matter for that, those like moments of spontaneity. And so how do you recreate those in this hybrid world so that you're not missing out on amazing ideas from folks who are fully remote? So in a way, a hybrid is a lot more challenging than the fully remote world because you have to think a lot about uh, equality. And how do you create an equitable experience? Um, the other thing is that a lot of HR leaders are thinking about benefits and perks. And so at my last company, Coinbase, they had different packages based off if you are fully remote, part-time in the office, or fully in the office. So that you would get, I think it was like a lunch stipend and a work-from-home equipment assignment, stipend if you're fully remote. But if you're in the office, you're getting the free food, you're getting the equipment, you didn't get that stipend. And so making sure that the, the financially the benefits and perks feel similar across those different experiences is really important for a, from a fairness perspective. What's interesting, though, is it's pretty hard to make that fair because on average in San Francisco, you're paying about 50 to 60 dollars per square foot per year. And then in New York, you're paying about 90 dollars per square foot a year. You're spending almost 10 to 15,000 dollars per year per desk, but you're not spending that money on fully remote employees because you're not giving them $15,000 dollars worth of equipment. So it's still not going to be perfectly equitable. Uh, one of the ways Coinbase makes up for that is they'll fly those remote folks in to offsites. and so the difference in being remote versus not remote, that uh, that package difference is invested in travel. But I don't think it's
0: still quite equi- equitable yet. Got it. This is really interesting because there's so many nuances to this where it doesn't seem like there's a clear path or there's a one size fits all for this. But as we again continue to go down this path of trying to make sure you have the the most inclusive, diverse, and equitable, and just overall awesome hybrid culture. I guess I would ask when it comes to avoiding some of the biggest blind spots that you've seen from companies trying to make this right, but still not hitting the mark, or only incorporating certain parts of it where it just it seems half baked, and employees are just frustrated with the entire thing. I know we've already passed the setting realistic expectations for employees, but are there any other things that you've seen as the most common mistakes that companies are making during this process?
1: Um, I think that the most common mistakes I'm seeing probably goes around the idea of not reacting fast enough to the market. So the companies that are growing the fastest, they're opening up headcount to be based anywhere. And they're winning the war for talent because they can bring in top people faster than other folks. Um, And then they can also have really competitive offers in areas that might not traditionally be as competitive because they're willing to have a more distributed workforce. And so companies are missing out on a lot of really, really talented folks by being super location constrained. So I think that's like one. And then a second piece of it is making sure that managers feel empowered. And so giving them budgets and tools to do fun stuff with their teammates. A lot of folks, like, you know, I have friends that like Facebook and Google, a lot of those managers, uh, their budgets were cut, and so they weren't allowed to do fun stuff with their team. Um, and that's because they wanted, to, they wanted to do it first from a safety perspective. They didn't want folks to feel incentivized to get together. But it uh, it leads a lot to be said because their work feels more just like a job rather than a group of friends working on a project. And so investing in the employee experience and events, it's a hugely growing market. I think i um, uh, a company I recently invested in called Epic, Epoch App. They uh, they've shown that, that companies are doubling down on employee experience and spend. And the average company I think is spending like maybe five five to six thousand dollars per year on employee experience because it's such an important part of retention and productivity. Is making sure people are having fun at work. Uh, so, yeah, those are the two things. Just one, not being open to hire like from anywhere when the war for talent is so intense. And then two, not focusing enough on the employee experience and making it really intimate.
0: And then the last question, and I think this is a pretty fun one. There's a lot of HR leaders that I've spoken with about this who don't really like hybrid or remote work. It doesn't fit with their personality. It doesn't fit with the way that they like to work. And so what kind of advice would you give an HR leader who needs to be super gung-ho and excited for all the employees about moving to this hybrid culture, yet they don't really like it themselves, but they decide to stay because they love the company and they just realize that that's where we are today? What kind of advice would you provide?
1: Well, it's funny because I'm actually seeing a really strong support for hybrid from HR leaders and them trying to figure out how to convince the CEO and the executive team to move to hybrid. So that's not the most common direction that I see. I've actually seen a lot of HR leaders now working remotely. You know, A few of our customers, they have, their HR leaders no longer are in headquarters anymore because the company moved distributed, and that's the way to get top talent. For those who are working at a company that wants to go hybrid and they don't go hybrid, I would say that they might consider re where they want to be <laughs> because whether you want, you know, it's just like, it's, a, it's about compatibility, right? Why suffer when you could have the perfect situation? There are so many jobs out there, there and there are so many opportunities for growth and studies show that leaving jobs every two to three years actually results in higher compensation over your lifetime. And so, you know, if you've been in a company for already like two or three years in Silicon Valley, that means it's time to leave. Um, And so I think it's a really great opportunity to reevaluate a place that does have your values in line.
0: So I would never recommend someone suffer through it, not in this job market. That was an awesome way to end this interview. Amy, thank you so much for being such a great guest on our podcast and sharing all of your thoughts and wisdom and experiences in regards to how and why companies can create an awesome hybrid workforce culture. So thanks so much for being on the show. Thank Woo, you
1: so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Bruce. Amazing. And gay a play cycle.
0: <laughs> Yay, play cycle. So Amy, where can people find you and Office Together Online?
1: OfficeTogether.com And we're always looking for more LinkedIn followers on LinkedIn or on my amy Yen.com. Um And yeah, thanks so much. We, I'd love to hear from you. It's amy at office
0: Great. Thanks for sharing that. And we'll definitely share all of that contact info in the show notes and make sure you follow office together on LinkedIn. They're an office. They're an awesome company. So for everyone out there listening, if you enjoyed this episode, as much as Amy and I did making it, Please leave us a five star rating on iTunes. And if you have any thoughts or comments or want to share your experience about moving to a hybrid or remote workforce culture and all the things about this new remote slash I'm in the office, not in the office, hybrid workforce blend world that we're all moving to, please leave notes. We would love to hear about it and respond back, start a conversation. Also, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast, but now you're hungry for more episodes, Please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.